The Money Show. Business Unusual. With Colin Cullis. Can we fight cancer with anything other than chemicals and chemotherapy? Is there a hope for the future, Colin Cullis, that we can battle this dreadful scourge of cancer in a way that is less revolting because chemo is just so intrusive and so damaging and and so awful for people to have to endure in order just to survive? The short answer, Bruce, is yes. Uh, it is early days, but significantly further along than, you know, the pipe dream that it was many years ago. Uh, and I am mindful that for most, well, you and most people listening, uh, any talk about more viruses uh, uh, is probably not something that they want uh, to hear anything about. But um, it is quite encouraging. And I'm mindful that it comes in a week where a suspended Google employer believes the company has found a, a, a sentient AI, then, then I think it's fair to say we are indeed living in interesting times. The particular uh, test, this virus that they've created called Vaccinia or CF33 is a modified pox virus that now forms part of what will become known as oncolytic viruses, as in they treat oncology-related stuff. It can target colon cancer, lung cancer, breast cancer, ovarian and pancreatic cancer, a particularly difficult one for most treatments today. In how it'll work, it'll both infect cancer cells, then replicate itself inside that particular cancer cell before killing the cancer cell and uh, you know, making, m- m- allowing it to travel to other cancer cells. But it also uh, stimulates our own body's immune system to be able to better target what the cancer cell is so that even the cells it doesn't infect will become uh, identifiable to our T cells and allow them to go about uh, killing it. And then, of course, once a T cell has noted this is a cancerous cell, it is identified what it looks like. We, we develop that sort of immunity. When we, when we come across that cell again, our body will get rid of it. And this is key for giving us that long-term uh, safety, as it were, when uh, that cell happens to spread somewhere else or if it, you know, after a mission, it comes back after a period of time. So this is a, a very, very uh, helpful thing that it could potentially do. And in this particular one, what they've added is the ability for the cell to also take up a, speci- a, a special tracer. Uh, and the advantage of having this tracer included in the cancer cells is that we can then use imaging to see where in the body it are those cells how many there are, and then over time to track, are they getting less, are they getting more? And should the uh, treatment on its own prove not to be 100% able to deal with the cancer, well, then you can still use things like radiation therapy, which is helped a lot if you can really direct that radiation therapy to where it needs to go. And, and the reason I'm raising it now is that in the last month, human trials have begun using effectively this virus to treat that cancer. Now, I did mention it's a pox virus. And if that rings a bell, it's because it comes from the <laughs> those family of viruses that we first created the original vaccine from. You know, we got rid of smallpox by taking a virus in a cow. I think more recently we've realized there was actually a, a horse version of it. Nevertheless, we took that uh, version of the virus, which was not harmful to humans. Uh, we could be infected by it, but it wouldn't affect us the way smallpox does. But because we infected our bodies with that version, which didn't affect us too much, our bodies identified it. And so when the actual smallpox uh, virus uh, got into our body, our body would fight it off and kill it. And as a consequence, it is one of the first viruses we've been able to eliminate from, from humans. So the smallpox virus in itself. There is obviously a, a big family of them that affect all sorts of other animals. Uh, and this is the one that they have been looking to use to find uh, this particular one that can use it. So the, the difference, again, just between a vaccine and a virus, uh, a vaccine, certainly the original vaccines we use, they are deactivated 
uh, viruses. So effectively, they're inert, but they contain all of the same identifying structures that when they're introduced in our body, our body says, this seems odd. And because it then decides to get rid of it, because all odd things are gotten rid of in our body, uh, it will remember what that thing looks like. And should an actual virus come along, it'll deactivate it. In this case, the virus is still the virus. It actually does infect cells, but it's targeted cells. Only the cancer cells uh, will be attacked. It's... And as I said, it'll take a lot of things. Because, I mean, you know, just as a, a random remark, the idea of infecting me with smallpox in order to get rid of cancer is a bit like saying, do you want to get hit by a bus or just a very big truck? Um, and it, it's sort of so counterintuitive that you would want to do this. But by targeting the affected cells, you're, you're creating almost a vaccine environment, aren't you? You are, Bruce. And, you know, this is kind of the holy grail thing, because if you think about surgery, and chemotherapy and radiation therapy, that's the bus analogy. They're, they target rapidly dividing cells, or in the case of surgery, you go in where there's a, a big lump of cells that obviously aren't, you know, the part of your leg or arm or bone that's supposed to be there, you chop them out. But it's a blunt tool. Uh, and they typically work on saying, well, if we try and uh, kill all those rapidly dividing new cells in that particular area, we'll probably kill a couple of healthy cells, but but hopefully they're more healthy cells than, than the cancer cells. And so, you know, it's worth, it's worth the wait. That's the bus versus car analogy. And so here's how it could potentially improve it. But here is a name that I hope becomes one we'll remember for many years to come. It's one of the early researchers and the person uh, who headed up this, this particular uh, uh, bit of research and, and this trial. His name is Human Fong. He has 30 years of research to lead to this trial. And if it works, then the company Imugene the one that creates these special oncolytic viruses for which they've uh, 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 received patents, will not just be a name to watch, but a share to consider. Take a listen. It was that we took a number of different vaccine strains of viruses and allowed them to recombine. Uh, viruses live to trade uh, genetic materials. And then we isolated 200 new species of viruses and allowed us to go and screen for which ones killed lots of cancers uh, and which ones are really safe for animals. And uh, so this was our very best virus in, the, in that screen. And now it's in humans uh, in, in uh, first in man testing. Uh, very exciting day. I'll remind you that when mm -hmm. the COVID virus broke out and the question about where or whether it was from a lab that was testing viruses and their capabilities, that the very research he has been looking to do, as you heard there, was looking at viruses, allowing them to recombine and come up with new different ways of operating, exactly to try and see if we can find ones that are more beneficial to us that would be harmful. So I'm not taking anything away from the very difficult ethical considerations that need to be made, that if this proves to be somewhat successful, there is going to be a lot more interest from companies, researchers, etc., to want to start backing this kind of research. And so besides us saying, awesome, bring it on, uh, we will need to have those sorts of regulations in place that very carefully uh, look how we manage this stuff. Uh, again, no settled evidence to suggest that COVID came out of a lab from, a, from an experiment, uh, but certainly the questions around it have never really been completely uh, put to bed. So, so that is one element to take into account that I did ask just in terms of human sentiment and given the coverage that we had of COVID and, and as a consequence, people sort of... Um, change in attitudes toward just vaccines, what the attitude might be if, if somebody said, well, here's a virus to try and treat your cancer. So I gave the options to say, uh, you know, would you be willing to take it? And the options were, if it's safe, sure, hesitant, but interested, or I won't take it. Now, encouragingly, 
43% said, if it's safe, sure. But 26% are hesitant and 30% still said no. So the notion, even with something that, you know, for certain cancers are, are still very much a, a life-threatening uh, uh, condition, uh, the, the difficulty in getting somebody to understand that albeit is experimental uh, at the moment, at some point should become, you know, a, a practical way of us doing this. Uh, and yet still people might have hesitancy because, again, this is very complicated uh, science and, and getting our heads around things like this is, is really very difficult. I must admit, like most of these uh, sort of reviews I've tried to do, I get the basics. And as soon as I'm trying to read the actual literature, the actual papers, I am lost with the kind of chemical descriptions, etc. that go into this thing. The rest of us are not meant to understand the deep science of this stuff. But what you do do very successfully, Colin, is demystify the broad concept and say there is hope and there is insight and there is business unusual happening, which is going to hopefully positively impact the future. And you know, that's best as I can hope with. And, and, and it's not just that one uh, you know, trial that's undergoing at the moment, because while this is 30 years of research, it's a century since we discovered it. Uh, in the 1900s, they noted that when a poor, unfortunate person who happened to have cancer also got infected with some or other nasty little virus, for a time, the, the tumors would actually shrink. Unfortunately, you were so ill that invariably the combination of the cancer and the virus you were now infected with still ended your life. Uh, but in one bizarre case, 1904, an Italian woman, cervical cancer, contracted, uh, well, she had cervical cancer, and she got bitten by a dog, a rabid dog. And so in treating her with a rabies vaccine, they noted that her cancer had uh, went into remission and for eight years afterwards it wasn't wasn't there i, I couldn't find you know if, if it then came back and that's what eventually took a life or was something else but that's what got people wondering hmm, could this be done but it's been hard to try and uh, uh, you know understand these things because it's, it's incredibly uh, difficult mechanisms at play but here's some other ways that we've started finding out about these things so as i mentioned to you this uh, immuno um, uh, um, methods so using our own immune systems to help us fight these things has got another option where we we help the immune system identify those cancer cells so you can give uh, certain drugs administer certain drugs, which only cancer cells will take up. They're sort of very keen to use these various drugs. That allows your T cells to find them. Uh, there was a, a study that was done actually to try and deal with bacterial infections. And again, to, to see which T cells are good at identifying uh, cells that have got bacterial infections. And they discovered a T cell that was particularly good, not just at finding bacterially infected cells, but cancer cells. And they've since uh, started improving that to the point where they can almost take those, those T cells and, and give their special sort of information uh, to, to you and I and anybody else so that they too become way more effective at being able uh, to look at it. Uh, and then there's bacteria themselves that are starting to fight cancers. And in this case, you know, it's a, it's a whole viable little animal. It will get taken up in the body. It decides to uh, go and infect and, and, and live inside a cancer cell. It reproduces itself so they can go to other cancer cells, but it only attacks those cancer cells and eventually winds up killing those cancer cells. And of course, once there are no more cancer cells for it to live in, it itself will die. So the, the notion of how we are improving on these things is really quite remarkable and should give one at least a, a good bit of hope. Uh, and the final version is that uh, some, some chemicals, some drugs that we require are very hard to administer, very difficult to get to the part of the body that we need it. And again, they're looking at viruses now, deactivated except for containing the drug that is required and that the, the virus itself is engineered in such a way that it'll only go and attach itself to the particular cell. When it does do that, it'll effectively be the tiniest syringe injecting the chemical into just the cell that needs it. And, and despite, you know, all of these fantastic uh, advances, there is still a question. And then if you've got this really great medicine, does it result in really good business? And again, for the companies that discover this, there's a big payback potentially coming. 
how much they should be able to make out of it, how they will determine their pricing, how regulators and the rest of us, you know, decide who should get these uh, um, sorts of uh, um, solutions uh, is, is quite tricky. Online, I'll leave some of those other considerations that will need to be made because it's a patent and, you know, should people be allowed to pay less in one country than another? Should you be, should these companies who rely on many drugs not working, many of these things not turning out to get a big windfall from something like this in order to continue to pay for the other ones, Huge ethical debates remain with that one. But it does uh, appear to be that at least we have some very encouraging information, thanks to viruses, that could help us with our fight against cancer. Astonishing. As always, thank you, Colin Cullis. Enjoy your holidays. Colin Cullis with Business Unusual here on a Wednesday on The Money Show. In a moment, Wendy Nola has got the biggest boon I have heard about when it comes to credit cards. The secret what, 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 what the secret feature? It's a secret feature. Um, and it's a secret feature because she'll explain why in just a moment. It's a fabulous feature that counts in your favor and could save you thousands every year in a moment.